John? Mike? Are we going to get this first go tonight? Oh, my God. So don't jinx us, dude. I know, I know. I probably shouldn't have done that, <laughs> but I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. Uh, oh, you, you know, can't resist. You know, if anybody is out there in the world, if you are connected to the internet, you would feel our plight in trying to have like you know anybody anybody that has <laughs> meetings on the internet, conferences, you know, phone, internet, you name it. You know, we're all in the same boat. But happy to be here tonight with That's you, right. John. Um, but I gotta come off the top rope really right now. And I oh, got to yeah. throw out this comparison, dude, because it, it blows my mind in a way. So NBA playoffs, right? You yeah. have the Jazz and the Nuggets game seven, right? Now, after the game, you know, the Jazz, they, they win. They win the series, right? But the point is, at, after the game, Donovan Mitchell on the floor crying. Like right after the game, so heartbroken mm-hmm. that he lost yeah. in the playoffs, crying. Okay, he left it all on the court. He gave it his all for himself, for his teammates, the organization, the fans, his family. You know, he was there. Okay, that's right. So my comparison is: is how come in the NBA it really seems like they go hard every single night? They come to play. It, you know, there's so much drama. Yes, you you can make a case for a glorified summer league, but they are going hard. And then on the opposite case, in the NHL, I'm not. I don't want to mm. paint this picture that it's the whole league, but I have to single out one team, and that's our team. Nah. You know, we got bounced the other night, like from the playoffs, in a heartbreaker, and Ugh. it's and it's sad. But how? Can it's pretty much the same thing. Yes, the sport is different. We get that, but we're in a bubble environment. It's the playoffs. How come it feel? How come it feels to some players like it's an exhibition when it seems like in the NBA and every other league that they're going balls to the wall, dude? And I just feel like the Bruins, Tuka Rask leaving the bubble. You know, coming into the bubble, they had a whole, you know, they were complaining about the mm-hmm. round robin and everything. And it just seemed like they didn't want to be there. They gave up before they got there. And, I, and it blows my mind that pro- professional athletes are just out here not trying when everything's That's on right. the line. And every other professional is going balls to the wall. Like, like I don't understand, bro. I, I really don't. Uh, so, John, can you, like, fill me in? Like, what do you think of that? Like, I got I – got- I got one for you. All right. Um, And anybody who says that your take isn't valid because, oh, what do you think about the families? Well, NBA players have families as well. So that argument is out the window for me. You know, when it comes to when it comes to all of it, like it has to be out the window when it comes to the family things. The thing with NBA players is. When you get the ball in your hand. Right. Imagine, you know, you're the same idea when a quarterback, he always wants the ball in his hand. Right. And, and all of that NBA players, when they get the ball in their hand, they want to score. They want to make a play. They want to do it. Hockey is way more of a team sport. So it's very momentum driven with the team. 
how they play. Right. Passes, things, breakouts, things like that. Those are very but, – but in basketball, no, you can inbound the ball to James Harden. He's going to walk up the floor and hit a three. And that's the difference is because they're, you know, Donovan Mitchell just going out there and just saying, I'm going to ball out, you know, even forgetting his teammates for a while is fine because he's still going to hit shots and that's going to help them eventually. And then the next time when he goes to fake a three, he gets a pass inside and scores. In hockey, it's very deflating when you have a lot of shots on net and you don't score. Right, and right, and we I, we doubled I, them in that in that game seven, and but we had right. to play we had to play aggressive, you know what I mean? No, and, no, no, Mike. Let's not give him credit to give him game seven. It was game goddamn five, and they lost four in a row. All right, I'm not giving the Bruins any credit right now. Okay, uh, but but, I, but I'm just saying to your scoring point, the only yes. reason we scored that much in game seven is because we had to. You know, the strategy for the whole series didn't seem to be working, and then in game Terrible. seven we had to just throw a fox on the net. And it still Terrible. didn't look and, good. And we had more – we had double the shots of Tampa, and Tampa had, like, 10 block shots, too. They were right. getting in every shooting lane. They committed to winning, and the Bruins didn't. And when they got pissy poor about the round robin, that's when it all folded. And, and before Tuca, before anything – and to me, that's on the coaching, man. That's on that. That's on your – you're not you, – you can't – let a group of guys who have been together, the core group has been together for almost 10 years, and you can't coach them up to play. I know the circumstances are nothing that they ever thought of, anybody ever thought of. We get that. The point is other teams stepped up who have less talent, like Tampa. Now, granted, Tampa's a great team, Mm -hmm. but they had less talent than the Bruins, and the Bruins did not step up, and Tampa did, and that's what it is in hockey. And that stinks. That absolutely stinks that they could not even, you know, even not even win the series, but like you, you bow out four in a row in five games, a gentleman sweep. Like, but it's not even a gentleman sweep because you won the first game. A gentleman sweep is when you're up like three nothing and you win game four and then you lose in game five. Yeah, That's a gentleman sweep. My, my, my whole thing is they were losing this series as soon as they, they were lucky to get game one. And then as soon yep. as Tampa showed that they were the superior team, it was like it was like Boston's a hundred percent looked like eighty. You know what I mean? Yep. And well they didn't they didn't care, Mike. They 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 lost yeah, that's all what focus. I, that's what I mean. It was yeah. like it was like they they fooled everybody into like the first round victory and then it's just like the they just were just like shut it down basically. And that's what it seemed like. They gave up, and everyone's team will play well. I was absolutely shitting on throughout the entire playoffs. Right, right. And, so I got to give shine where it's due. You know me; I'm very know, fair when it comes to my Bruins. And overanalyzing, uh, maybe not overanalyzing, but as much as we're being disparaging towards the Bruins, we're not trying to be so negative because we do love them. And we know that there, we know that there are some good players playing, playing for them. And right. we did watch the games. John. And here's the thing, Mike. It's not like I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. Call, yeah, Go. you here? Still? You got me? Yeah. No, what I'm saying is, 
it's not like I'm rooting for the Red Sox to win the World Series this year. Red Sox have no talent. The Bruins had all the talent. And they didn't play up to expectations. So, I will give the shine out. Krejci played amazing in Game 5. Krejci played, and I've been on his ass, dude. You know I've been on his ass since the podcast started. Yeah, since he was, you know, uh, against the Blackhawks. I was very, you know, very anti-Krejci. But what about uh, he played amazing in that game. Coyle was yeah. overall the best player for the Bruins in the entire bubble. And if you think it's that's different, then right. or you they were, don't watch hockey. Yeah, they were looking at the wrong things. Because Coyle brought it every game. From the third line, Mike, he brought it every game. I mean, people don't realize that, like, lines in hockey matter. Like, it's matchups. It's you – they're grinding lines. There's different ways to play. Your top line is, yeah, it's supposed to score and be flashy, but your third line is what wins you championships. People forget about Sean Thornton and and, uh, and Kelly and all those dudes who were on the, you know, on the fourth line and third line for the Bruins when they won in 2011. They wouldn't have got there without those guys. But when you only have one guy out of your last six who's even playing well, yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. Win, I mean, it's dude. a tough road. It doesn't take. You know, it, it it doesn't take one full line to win a championship. You need everybody, and it needs to. You need some breaks to go to your go your way as well. Like, you know, the Bruins didn't get all the breaks. You know, I can't I can't say they weren't playing with an aggressive. It's they were playing a hundred percent, but Tampa Bay is so good that it seemed like it was an eighty percent out of effort. You know. And it just really showed the weaknesses yeah. in the team and where the team's head at because, like, a lot of their bullet wounds were self-inflicted. So I'm hoping that with this time off, you know, and it's granted it's not much because the season, the new season's about to pick up in December. I just hope that they can sort of gather themselves. But I just feel really uncertain right now about Rask. Like, it's a huge question mark. I question, and it's not just Rask. It's Rask and uh, David Pasternak as well, because you've really shed some light over these past few weeks, especially mm-hmm. as this playoffs have gone on. Like we were, we were doing great in the playoffs. You know, we were rolling, and you were like, "Hold the phone." You know, Mike, I've been telling you all your life. You know, David Pasternak since he's come to the league, like it's not that good, and it's true. Like I'm hoping the Bruins can find some sort of balance where either they're, they're shipping those dudes out or they find out if they really want to play. Because to me, he's about as soft as these Duncan commercials that I keep seeing on TV. I mean, the, the thing that I saw, and I'm going to make a good comparison here, I believe, hopefully, is uh, I saw everybody like being like, oh, that Belichick subway commercial is really funny. And I watched it and I was like, oh, he cut the sleeves off of a suit and ate a well, sandwich. Better, like, that's not really, it was not funny. You've seen the pasta. And the same one. with the Pasternak. Right, where he's like, oh, Paz is upset. All right, you're talking to the third person, bro. bro you bro. haven't even gotten the right in the Bruins did, uniform to talk did about Did you see the one the where he Shut knits the himself a sweater? Up. 
Yeah, bro. Like that. That's the fun. It's funny, mm-hmm. but it's the softest thing I've ever seen. Like I know that that's what they were going for, but to me, like you know, pasta. You know, he should have done something different. Like you know, there's different commercials you could be doing. You know, I get it. You're with the female, uh, the you know, the women's hockey he- USA. The you know, I you know, I get Captain, what they were trying to yeah, go for with yeah. the funny thing. Or whatever, but like that to me, that was played out. Like they're playing into, you know, the wrong things, and they should have just like done a normal commercial where like she, you know, everybody could just like be themselves. Yeah. And it was it was dumb, and you know what? Uh, I hope I'm I'm only talking, and I hope people realize this. They listen to the podcast, yeah, or follow me on safe. Twitter, or whatever that I'm not talking shit because I want my team to lose. The Bruins are my favorite Boston team. More than the Patriots, more than anybody. Yeah, John's a hockey I'm a hockey guy. not just a massive. He's not just a a nuclear at heart. John's out in California, but his roots are in Massachusetts, specifically with the Boston Bruins. John is a hockey player all his life. So as much as he loved the, loves the Patriots, he loves the Bruins more, and so I respect that because I feel like feel like ho- hockey is just the most incredible sport to watch, in my opinion. Like every every year, I I yeah just am bewildered by how hard the sport is, and to me, that's the most compelling part about the sport. So, John, you know, you know more than anybody what it takes to compete in this and on a high level you know it's absurd it's absurd and and the fact that you can't you can't get blinded by the sexy player for now in hockey right like you can't get blinded by that guy like all right so for example Pashanak had the most goals this year with Ovechkin we all know that it and again they were tied for the league in goal, you know, league leading goals. Here's the problem, though. Ovechkin is a general, you know, generational player. He, you don't get an Ovechkin ever. You know, you don't draft well. It, it doesn't matter. You, he falls in your hands, and you hope that you you build the team around him. Right. Which the Caps did, and they won the cup a couple years back, as they should, right? But here's the point, though. You, like, Pasta's not that guy. They're not the same player. They may have had the same goal statistics this year, for sure. They really did. Those are facts. But Pasta is the benefit of other players. Ovechkin is the creator of all of the opportunities. Now, granted, yes, is it awesome to have Ovechkin on the weak side wing on a passover and a power play with a slap shot? Of course it's amazing. But also, of course it's amazing to have Pasta do that. Right. No, you're you're exactly right, John. But you did break up right there. So I'm gonna need you to repeat what you said about Pasta, if you can still hear me. Okay. Can take a goalie where he has to move post to post. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really know what that was. We're just, you know, we're just gonna ride it on through with with something. 
We can write that shit out. No, what you were saying, though, You know, you were talking about the Bruins, and you were making a point about Ovechkin, and I think think it just boils down to, you know, we were talking about – we were talking about pasta – just like, you know, yes, he's putting up all these goals, but it's really a product of the team, you know, also setting him up. Like, he only does, right. you know, he's a, he's a talented, very talented player, but he's not a true, like, playmaker, you know? Like, he, he can shoot, but he's not no. really – the you know fine-tuned player that you need maybe from your top line guy also look at your positions mike and i think that people forget about this in hockey that they don't realize that positions actually matter in hockey like for example in the nba lebron james can play any position on the court right if he gets the ball he could score right doesn't matter does not matter at all. But in hockey, Ovechkin is a centerman. Okay? He started as a wing and became a centerman. And center in hockey is the hardest position right. to play on the team. Besides goalie, obviously. So, he became good at winning faceoffs. He became good at that. The only reason that he's on the outside wing on the power play is because right. he's amazing at the one-timer. Pasta only right, has right. the one time. He shoots, time. The, he shoots the crap it. out of that. He really does. And he <laughs> fucking fell over when he shot it. In the past. He was game. wide and open. I was like, this is, it, it, like, if you could encapsulate well, the Bruins season it. right there. That's what it was. He was trying. He scored. But he was trying to make it. You know? he, fell he was giving over. it everything he got. <laughs> I don't open that, Mike. Mini mites at the fucking uh, Springfield Falcons Thunderbirds now game could have made that shot. All right, you have a wide open net from the circle. Are you kidding me? And he was, you know, there's a hockey term for when you fall over all over the ice for like a period. Your line mates or whatever oh, coach would be like, shit. "Why are you zamboning the ice? You know, why are you cleaning up the the snow right now?" And that's all – again, he's an incredible talent. I understand that with the right players. But watch that again and tell me I'm wrong. I, I would I would challenge anybody to tell me I'm wrong that he wasn't Zambonying all over the ice that that period and the second period before he scored. I mean, he, well, he yeah, was for large part For large part game. in the series – and he scored on the power play again. Again, right, right. he scored on the goddamn power play. He, he right, doesn't create right, right. a dick. If you're scoring on the power on play top. all the time, he doesn't do you shit. Know, you know, a lot of you know power play. Yes, yes, you want to score on the power play, but then you know a lot of people they forget power play means you got man advantage. So it, it's it's you know it might not necessarily right. be easier to score, but it's easier to score. You know. And that's what's wild to me. John? Why is it pitching out like that, bro? To like football. Bring it to like football or soccer or, or any. Soccer? Well, so- oh, okay. All right. No, I don't know why it pitched yeah, out sorry. like that. But, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, if he's only. 
like in soccer when they when they take a guy off of the red card, now it's eleven on ten, right? Yeah, and it's obviously an advantage. But imagine if you had that right? in basketball, like Michael Jordan. Well, that's what uh, that's what Giannis would want. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I did see post game <laughs> that he didn't want anything to do with uh, guarding Jimmy Butler in that uh, after game one. Yeah. Yeah, I your don't know. Boy. Uh, I got to check Mike, the scores for what's going on tonight. But like, uh, but yeah, John, I think, I think, base, uh, basically for the hockey talk to put a ball on that is that pasta. Yes, yes, he can shoot, but it's when he's being set up to score, and pasta needs to become more well rounded and set up things for himself. Be on the ice for longer, you know, more than just you know, a power player or something like that. And with that, we're going to welcome you tonight to the Coles Takes. Uh, this Coles Takes podcast is brought to you by Anchor. That's it gives right. us the opportunity to record, host, and do this podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mike. Follow me on Twitter at ST underscore Katzer. And then my man, John, out in California. Tell him where you're at. We'll get this show going. John J. Pat on Twitter. Follow me for all my Bruins takes, which I will keep throwing out there during the entire finals uh, and all the rest of uh, the actual good teams who want to play in the bubble who care. Uh, John J. Pat on Twitter. And then on Instagram, uh, Johnny Wick. And all platforms, uh, uh, Mike and YouTube. That's right, baby. To see um, this podcast is available everywhere. Not just it, – it's weird. It's weird. Like, you know, it's not – actually, Everything. you know what? I'm going to stop saying it's weird because it, it happens more and more now. You know, there's people listening to this pod. And uh, and then people are surprised. They're like, oh, Mike, you you do a That's podcast? Right. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I – yeah, I do. You know, uh, the, and then they check it out, and they're like, oh, man, that's not bad. And to me, that is – uh, amazing. So I thank you to who, to everybody who listens to this yes. podcast. Uh, every listener is appreciated. It's really fun to do something that, you know, I put a lot of, you know, heart and soul into for, for a long time. And so is John and we've been doing this for years on end and, you know, it's a oh, lot yeah. of fun for us because, you know, it's like we're we're coming together and we're, you know, shooting the shit with the boy. It's like just having a grand old fun conversation. And that's what I want it to be. And that's what we want it to be. And we're, you know, we have opinions and we try to see things the way our perspectives and are. And we try to just, you know, have fun with it. You know, maybe we get enlightened, maybe you know, we could enlighten you. We don't know, but all we are is we're just here for a good time, and I'm I'm happy to be here. I don't, you know, we're on every podcasting platform. I think that's sick. You know, we're on YouTube. I think that's sick. That's I'm just, right. you know, I'm happy that we find the time to do this still because, you know, it, it's it, there's not a lot of time in the day that goes around and to come together for a little bit and uh, record a podcast and like call it our own it's uh it's really cool yeah and i love that too mike and yeah i gotta tell you though about about i i I gotta get into it 
because I'm done with the Bruins. It's gonna make me upset. We're we're, we're positivity here. All right, yeah, we're going to be better. Right now. But I will, but I will say this though: Did you actually see the end of the Heat? Uh, no, Bucks not right now. right now. I'm... Because that was a bullshit end. Well, I, I can only I can only assume so. It's and I'll NBA. tell you why. I'll tell you why. NBA playoffs. I'll tell you why, Mike. The Bucks were down like seven points with like forty seconds left, right? So it should the Heat should have you know yeah. closed it out, right? They made like two bad inbound oh, passes. I'm thinking go. like Reggie Miller, Mike. You know, like that. It's fucking and go. They tied the game. I swear to God, Mike. I'm Shit, glad bro. I'm telling you this. Yeah, no, I so watched. I watched most of um, game one. So they I just tied didn't the catch game. All game too, because I was setting up for this pot, but. That's that's unreal. That's you know breaking I, I know. breaking I'm news telling... right here. Um, and I'm glad I'm glad you're reporting this too. Right. Um, man. So what happened? And and it has to do Let's with your go. boy, Jimmy Butler. Okay. So he takes. I think they have like three seconds left. The Heat. The the Bucks tied the game, and they were down seven with forty seconds left. Wow. Right. Go watch it back. It's unreal. Like they 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 stole inbound passes. They got fouled. Giannis made good three throws. I think Brooks Lopez had a, a nice layup. You know what I mean? Like there were like they weren't quitting. And then, and then, Mike, Jimmy Butler oh, takes yeah. a three with no yeah, time on the clock. Right? Okay. He gets hit. And it was so weak. Yeah, it shouldn't have been called. Because he, again, he sold it. Um, again, I like Jimmy Butler. I think he's a, a nice player. I but think he's I, as great I, as everybody says. Oh, I feel like is, you have to nice do that in that situation, you know? Like, you got, you got four guys on you. you have of to course. And you know who the uh, foul is. Yeah. Giannis. I, I don't know. I don't know. But, I don't know. I I'm now you're get, and they gave it, but here's the problem though, Mike. They gave him, they gave Giannis a technical. Uh, it's because Giannis, well, it's probably because Giannis was uh talking afterwards, right? Uh, yeah, I yeah, I think it was like so. He was talking I, some shit. I'm like, looking hey, at the play, that, whatever, but you can't end the game that way, Mike. Yeah, I'm analyzing this play right now. Like you gotta give me overtime at least at that point. So step back. You know what I mean? I would say on release, it's not. I don't think it was a foul on that play. I think it was he's talking shit. He did touch him after. Right? Like I'm looking at it. We slow mo replay. Boom. He doesn't touch him at all. Okay, he does. So it had so to be him talking him like, shit. Him like. Getting in his step, Jimmy Butler comes up and he makes like a jump, does like that jump back dribble into like a slight fadeaway three. And then Giannis just just steps in, I guess steps in too much into his path, they determine, because Giannis touches him on his back and Jimmy falls down. So if Giannis doesn't touch him and doesn't touch him in that situation, um, he doesn't get the like Jimmy doesn't get that call, but because he touched him, 
I think that's why. Like to me, it was like an if you played that game anywhere else, that doesn't get called. And um, it only get it only got Fine. called in that situation because a Jim Butler sold it that well, but b um, Giannis mm-hmm. didn't. Giannis could have uh, avoid John. Giannis could have not touched them, and so that's that's why right. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that's why the call stood. Right. No, and I'm glad that you put it that way because I'm going to be the overreaction, and I'm glad that you're playing devil's advocate to my overreaction. I, I really, I really am. To be honest with you, I, I love okay. it because my when I watched it, I said, "There's, there's no way." Yeah, there's no way you can call that because because like, it took me again, to slowing it down overtime eight times. out of what I just. Right. So you, like, so I thought, like, he was like, you you know, he said something in front of the ref who was right there. Like, you know, so much shit. Um, You know what I mean? And uh, right, I I just think you I, the game ending off that's not why not you know again I, I'm talking as a fan it, it, it's probably wrong I probably wanted more uh but I just thought that it was a really cheap cop right. out it w- it was so by good. the and refs what right time, there however you have not your let phone a game that was so good. It. Even how game. it is, it was so you, good. you're you're coming in crystal clear and, right now. You know, I just wanted to tell you that. All right. It ain't moving. Yeah, it ain't. Yeah, it ain't moving. But yeah, Mike. I, again, I'm biased as a fan, right? I want to see overtime. I want to see five minute overtime. Who can be the best in five minutes? Tie score. You know, let's make buckets. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's yeah. See who but the you know, honestly, John, That's I agree. Awesome. I agree with how you make felt about play, that call. Shoot, pass, um, John, let's That's talk awesome. about let's talk about the C's and you know how they performed the other night. How do you how do you feel about how do you feel? Who is the best player on the Celtics in your opinion? Yes. Who is the alpha? Uh, the best pl- Okay, the but who alpha, is the two alpha? questions, Mike. Okay. The best player on the Celtics okay. is Jason Tatum. That team does not go Marcus without Smart. Marcus Smart. Like, you know, not, you, there's, you know, there's nobody Kemba else who is. And Jason Tatum are probably the best players. I, you know, Jason Tatum has right. the best That's future. Right. I think Jason Tatum was coming into the player – he he's very Kobe like, um, you know he did work out with Kobe, and you know RIP RIP, and uh, he did meet Kobe when, mm-hmm. from a young age. So he a- tried to emulate Kobe a little bit, and it shows, man. That, that R- boy R- is is a fucking baller, and I absolutely love Jason Tatum. 
and I think he's absolutely coming into his own this playoffs. The Celtics yeah. in general, it, you know, even without Gordon Hayward right now, you know, and Gordon Hayward is a very right, right, right. and to me, Gordon Hayward yes. is a, you know, a top tier, top twenty five type player in the league. You know, which is crazy. Uh, the Celtics, the Celtics, to get that performance from their whole collective unit as a team. Yeah. You know, even their bench, dude, like semi is is unreal, man. Their bench balls out on an, on a night to night basis. It's not just. Hey, my man. All right, so I think we'll be golden from here on out. With the... I also move. I also move too. So. I think we're good. Yeah, bro. I, but we're talking, we're talking the Boston Celtics and That's right. the NBA playoffs. And That's right. The Celtics as a team, they play very well together, and you know, and that's not to count out Toronto as well, because they've been coming to play. I think what they've done as a team after losing Kawhi is incredible, and right. you know, yeah. Nick Nurse and Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry. You know, Abaka, the whole team, Siakam, like, Van Vliet, like, bro, like, their team is very good. And to lose Kawhi and make it all the way to the playoffs and perform how they did, how they are, um, is, is very impressive. Like, I before the pandemic popped off in the U.S. here in March, I was lucky enough to go see the Celtics versus the Raptors at the Boston Garden in oh, yeah. in late December. And it was it was a time. And the Celtics the Celtics had I believe they had everybody playing that night. And I believe it was one of Gordon Hayward's like first games back. And I also believe that the Raptors might have not had Siakam playing that night. And the Raptors beat the Celtics, and oh, yeah. the so the I know, you know firsthand. I you know I watched the, the Raptors beat the Celtics, and I think it's going to be a, a, a close series overall. I feel very fortunate that we're up two zero, and um, I think now is the right time that we go in depth on Marcus Smart, the X Factor, because to me they're not two zero without Marcus Smart. Nope. You, know, you you can say what you want. He's a streaky shooter. He's whatever, whatever. But um, the if you look at his game objectively, he does all the right things. And to me, the only time I hear people talking negatively about him are the people that aren't from you know that are from rival cities. And that you know yes. they these other teams, you know, they would be so lucky to have. Marcus Smart, and that's what I feel. I feel very lucky, feel very fortunate to have a, a player like Marcus Smart. And I can't, you know, I can't believe that he got hated on so much in college. Um, I got, I got one for mind. you, Mike. Yeah. Okay. Um, by the way, this connection is fantastic right now. I'm going to do this podcast from here from now on. Yeah, um, what, uh, you know, give the people the background story since we already give them the bad connection sometimes. You know, we might as well keep it real. So what do you have to do? To so get, to my, get the job. So I always do. So in my house, I have really terrible connection. Um, and even though I I have data, I only do this podcast on data, which makes uh, it better, right? And uh, but still, like it's not great data out here because it's California and they hate everything that's good and and awesome in life, like internet. 
Uh, but that's another story for another day. My point being is I moved away. My roommate parked in my spot that I always do the podcast from. So I had to move. So I tried to do it from what, do you remember when we did a podcast, you know, back when we do it with Tyler, we were talking about stranger things. I would go on the road where I could get like a little shade in the middle yeah. of the day. Yeah. yeah so I tried to do it from there and it didn't work, but now I found a spot and I'm pretty sure this is going to be awesome from now on. Uh, but anyway, no, that's what's up, too. And it also seems like it's on my end that whenever we try to record a podcast that they, there's always, like, you know, a, a storm coming in or, like, right. some, some bull crap happening. But I don't know. Yeah, my, think, my, yeah neighbor, my neighbor's mowing his lawn or something. You know what I mean? No, it's always something. It's always Mike something. and I Mike and I aren't in a studio, but that's what I'm telling the listeners is we're we're doing it for the people. So my point being about Marcus Smart, and I think you compare this, Mike, and I think it's a good comparison, like you said in the beginning. Uh, you know, a nice comparison is Marcus Smart is the guy you want on your team. Okay? If you're on his team, like Brad Marchand. Right? If, right. You, if he's on your team, you love right. him. If he's not, you hate him. Right. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Like, uh, like Marchand and Marcus Smart for – their respective sports, they do similar type things. Gritty things, Mike. And I think that's why Boston fans love them so much is because we like the gritty player like that. And Marcus Smart, Mike, in game three, is he going to make five threes in the fourth quarter? Of course not. Yeah, yeah, but it w- once he gets hot, we're going to keep feeding the ball. Hell and yeah. No, and that boy, that boy going to keep shooting, you know. Like, I heard, I heard some quote where it was like, you know, I I'd rather go 0 for 30 than 0 for 10 because if right. I was 0 for 10 that means I stopped shooting and I lost right. confidence in myself you know so like I I don't know who said that might have been like Dion Dion Waiters he was quoting somebody no, let's else let's call him Marcus Smart Marcus Smart but said but it, you know, <laughs> for what it's worth Mark Marcus Smart that applies man because like. Sometimes he doesn't have it on the shooting end most uh, some nights, but when he does, he's raining them down. And I feel like lately he's been playing like out of his mind. Did Lights he, out, dude. Like, like, did you see the play? Did you see the play, bro? Yes. When you know he didn't get the call, he didn't get the call, right? But he he gets he almost he almost comes away with the ball. And he's like going out of bounds, and he like yes. flicks it behind his back, and he's got like. He's got like a half a, you know, half an inch of his shoe like on the paint out of bounds, so we don't get the call. But like that was some athletic type Crazy. of basketball that being displayed. And this is also in the last minute of the game, and the fact that also I do want to shout this out as well is Doris Burke is first of all the most phenomenal announcer I've ever heard. Uh, play-by-play. I mean, not play-by-play. Uh, color announcer, I should say. Uh, because they have the guys who, you know, play-by-play, but you need a great color announcer to, to complement that. And Doris Berg is the best. And she was literally rooting for Marcus Smart to make that play because it was so goddamn good. And I was like, fuck! And she, like, she literally was like, hey, I know she couldn't say it on camera, obviously, but, like, she she goes, she was like, ah, man, yeah, this angle, yeah, no, he was, he definitely had a foot on the line. 
And she was like disappointed because of how good that play was from Marcus Smart. That's right? my point. Yeah, and, so cool, so cool, awesome. And yeah. that, I mean that kind of hustle. And will you show up on the stat sheet? Maybe eight points, five five rebounds, two assists, whatever. You know, that's not going to make you, you know, millions of dollars in the NBA, but are you the core to that team? You're the heart. You're the captain. You're the guy who, you know, is going to make everybody play better. Well, I think, I think Marcus Smart is making millions of dollars. No, I, I know. Yeah, NBA players make an absurd amount of money. Uh, yeah, compared to everybody else, and they're they're in the bubble in Disney World. I mean, how? I mean, but he how took awesome. a he took a team friendly deal to stay with Brad Stevens, and I think a lot goes back on Brad Stevens on this, uh, because I think he he has done very well with in the bubble with what he has. Oh and yeah, no, I I agree. He he takes good timeouts when the other team gets on a run, calms the team down. And they come back, and they don't do that bad. Best coach but, in the league right there, Brad Stevens. Uh, well, Nick Nurse is that good, too. Well, Nick but Nurse, he hasn't I've, been I've, showing up this season. Have they announced coach, coach of the year yet? I, I think, think Nick they, Nurse won it. He did win it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, he, he – I mean, he definitely deserves that. But also, that was a little bit because oh, yeah, yeah, Kawhi was, was gone, though. Yep. That's so what I mean. mean. Like, he deserved it. Right, but like he lost one of the top three players in the league, and they still made the playoffs in the second round. Right. And that's not fair to Brad Stevens, who has been coaching this team, who doesn't have a big man at all, literally at all. Right, they they put Tice out there, and he just gets fouls, you know, gets in people's way, you know. And Taco's too raw. Right, um, he doesn't even suit up, bro. He's chilling on the sidelines in a, uh, but in a Celtics polo. Hey, dude, dude, I've never wanted a, a Celtics polo more until I saw Taco fall in yes. a stripe. Like I'm not, I'm not even into stripes like that. But Taco fall in this striped Boston Celtics polo, I'm like, oh man, gotta add that to the repertoire. All right, we're gonna go back to the reason you don't like stripes for a minute. Um, like striped sideways or down? Well, it was striped sideways. Well, I don't mind. Good. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. You know. But no, what what I'm saying is, uh, this is how good Brad Stevens was in Game Two. Who scored the most points in the first quarter? And we, Mike, we would be remiss if we did not mention his name. Time, motherfucking lord. Robert Williams was five of five, just jamming on people. He had a three, two. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, no, the Nick Nurse had no idea. He was, you know, he was grabbing his jock strap at that point. Right, like he had that, no idea what's going on. Outside. And like, and and that's against Siakam. Those are, these are against good players, and right. Time Lord is burying them. And he's been a bench player their entire series. Their well, entire yeah, the, the whole season. Season, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm bro, saying. Like, that's what I said. You know, on the front end of the segment here, you know, the Celtics bench plays out of their out of their minds. I love uh, it. it. It's amazing. They're the most complete team in Boston that I've seen in a long time. And I got one more for you on the Celtics before we move on. All right. Yeah, of course. I have of a course. couple of things on the on on the NBA. Um, Romeo Langford is the best 
like celebration player on the bench I've ever seen because this man, all right, like don't get me wrong, I know like the NBA stopped testing for weed uh, a long time ago, which is nice, but Romeo right. and is then the highest man Jasmine. of all time. Yeah, yeah. that's why they invite Jared. But, like, Romeo Langford has the funniest things that every time they score, I want a camera on him every time because it's so goddamn funny. Like, he's in the – and he's not even in the front of the bench that's social distancing. He's in the back, like, doing weird shit. Like, he's doing the Harlem Shake and nobody cares about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's so ridiculous. Like, and I But that's that's what we came to see, man. He's making the the most of the situation. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, they don't have – imagine imagine how weird it is, bro. Like, (laughs) like, we're, we're playing in a game where nobody's there. You know, we have our team. We got the trainers. You know, whoever is, you know, there is there. And then we just have a PA system going like we're playing a home game. And we have, like, crowd noise from our home games being pumped into this yeah. stadium. It's it's so bizarre, bro. And uh, for these NBA players to just go uh, balls out every single night, you know, I it's great. It. I love it. And uh, speaking of that, it was a great transition because uh, – I want to talk more NBA and this league, Mike. We haven't even got so we've talked about the NBA and we haven't even gotten to this league yet. Chris Paul stared down at the free throw line of James Harden. <laughs> I mean, and he's the guy who's like the uh, you know president of the uh, the Players Association. And everything. He's a very well respected player. Because Chris Paul is absolutely a Hall of Famer. He's a tremendous player. Uh, but he's a snitch. And he's just staring down James Harden at the three-ball the other day. I mean, I was dying, bro, watching that. That was that was hysterical. Yeah, bro. The, the NBA never fails on the, the petty wars. <laughs> and the, per, the personality in the NBA. And that's probably half the reason that they're going – you know, so hard, but I, I love it, bro. Like, you know, that's what you need, man. You know, that healthy competition. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, these guys are like, give me the ball in my hand and I like, I'll make shit happen. And I love that. And you're staring down a guy like you're, you know, and <laughs> the free throw line, that was, that was so good, like funny to me and awesome. Like you have to do that. And that's why it's a game seven right now. Right, I mean, exactly. Why not? You know, it, the... Yep, what were you going to say? No, I was just saying, like, what if Harden and Westbrook lose to the team that they left in the beginning? They'd be so funny, bro. Like, right. I'm low-key wishing for that to happen. Like, you know, uh, you know, Harden essentially, you know, it's not like he's getting that much different of a player in Westbrook. And, like, and now he defers to Westbrook in some some clutch more clutch situations and stuff like it's interesting it's interesting to see this you know James Harden year to year like yes. it's uh, it really is he's an interesting interesting player the Rockets if they get bounced it's gonna be so fun but also he's a top five MD, MVP candidate every year oh yeah I mean because the way he because again he'll go you know 10 for 38 from three in one game, I know I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean? And then the next game, and, you know, he has what? You know, 20 points, and the next game he has 50. 
because right. he's James freaking Harden, and uh, he can he's wet from as soon as he walks over half court. So it's just very funny to me to see like Chris Paul, who's not like he's a very different player, very different position, uh, but just like staring him down, being like, "Don't you dare! Don't you even do it! Get the ball back! I'm not gonna do you up, but like I'm gonna get in your head." And it's a mind game with these guys, and because they're so good, and you got to get over them. I will say this, Mike. Okay, out of all we've talked about this, okay. I would love for the Celtics to make the conference finals, okay? Against either the Heat or, or, or the Bucks. I would rather the Heat because I think the Celtics match up better. And Middleton just kicks the shit out of the Celtics every time they play him. Like, he scores like 30 every time the Celtics play him. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, if, Mil- if Middleton finds a stroke, you know, he, it's you're over. done. It's over, yeah. yeah. But. Say the Celtics make the finals, right? Yeah. They're not beating the Lakers. Uh, maybe, I think they could. I don't think they can. Wait, why do well, you think they could? I, I think they could because they play because they play together as like a collective unit. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that I think that they have better, you know, top to bottom players than than the Lakers. To be honest, like after after overall uh, talent, yes, yeah. So that's the only reason why I think that the Celtics could beat the Lakers in a seven game series. But then again, you need luck, you need breaks, you need certain things, you need certain things to both their way. But I do think the Celtics can compete against the Lakers in a final situation, which I think that they can get there. You know, I I do you know believe in the Celtics, and I don't mean to sound like a homer, but the fact that you're going against the Celtics with like your betting history and everything, you know, it, it bodes well, like you not having as much faith in the Celtics to maybe get through a team like the Lakers makes me want to take the Celtics over the Lakers. You know, I got, I got one for you. Why? Okay. And I know why. Celtics have nobody down the middle. Okay. They have nobody in the middle. Well, yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis is, like, a top-tier talent. He's, like, the second coming of Bill Russell. Right. So here's my problem, though. I started playing your video games, Mike, (laughs) the other day. I was playing against my buddy. And, obviously, I'm out here in California, like people know. So you're playing 2K now? And I was playing 2K, Mike. I was. And I was like, well, let me play with the Celtics, right? Why not? They're pretty decent. And he was like, well, let me play with the Lakers. I was like, okay. Put my starting lineup in. I put my tallest guys in because I knew that we have Anthony Davis. We have LeBron. And then their small forward is JaVel McGee when you want to play against the Celtics because you want to play big. Now, obviously, it's a video game. And, you know, rebounds, they're going to get that. And if you're not shooting with the Celtics, you lose. But those three players, LeBron, AD, and JaVale, are all taller than everybody they have on the Celtics, not named Taco. So, I mean, if LeBron's playing the power forward and then also playing the point guard, I I don't know, man. I, I think the Celtics maybe get six. 
Um, I don't know, I, man. I, you can't base it off a video game, bro. Well, why not? Fuck I it. mean, you can. I mean, they do that all the time. You, know? <laughs> so yeah. you, you can. You certainly can. I'm. I'm here for that. I watch those. I watch those videos on YouTube. Like we simulate. Yeah. I, we simulate the season 50 times, yeah. and we, we're going to see, like, how many times Patrick Mahomes can win a Super Bowl, something like that. Well, uh, he's not winning next year, by the way. Well, we that's a whole other uh, bag of chips. We'll get into that because NFL starts, holy shit, next week. One week, yeah. Um, so uh, that actually leads me to um, – but you make yes. good points about the Lakers. I don't know – you know, we can't say for certain either way who would win, but, I mean, can't. you're right. You're right. You know the Anthony Davis, LeBron James, like those are two. Those are two names. You know, you, you, I, I mean, I can give you. I can give you names on the Celtics, but going up against those guys, maybe some of the guys on the Celtics, they just sound like syllables compared to Anthony Davis. No, oh, yeah. No. Um, but the thing, the thing I want to spring on you real quick before Ooh. we get into our top three, you know, yes. uh, of the evening is we haven't done any football talk. And I yes. filled out – so pretty much, like, as soon as it was confirmed – I'm pretty sure I did this in, like, June. Mm. Um, I filled out, like, a top 25 list, or like a top players list at each position for fantasy football. And I'm going to give you the top five or ten at each, each position, like quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Perfect. And uh, you tell me what you think of this list that I compiled in, like, June, I believe. Go for it. Okay. So, where do you, what position you want to start with? It's got to be QB. Okay, we're starting QB. You want one – you want five through one, like who's number five and then who's number one? Yeah, just list them and then we'll do – by position, I'll make a comment. So, list them and then I'll make a comment. Okay, so I'm just going to go five to one because I feel like that's smoother. Um, number five, I got Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Okay, number four, I got Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Number three, I have Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Number two, I have Patrick Mahomes. And number one, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. Um, so obviously – you know, that's why maybe I got to go f- through. Maybe you, you want to know who's six to ten because that's no, no, no. I don't know, even care. About one that. through one through five, I feel like is is predictable. Uh, not really though, because you you I wouldn't have picked that at all. Oh, like, really? any of that, any of that. Oh actually. man, that's my that's my five through one best QBs in the league, buddy. Um. All right. So number five is Cam Newton. Um, well, this two, was before this was before Cam got signed. I know in June. I'm obviously giving you dick. Go so, to the next. Go for the next position. Cam Newton. No, no. I want to see what your five through one is to compare because I'll tell you where these other dudes are. Because I have Cam unsigned. Cam. I had him at thirteen. That was a lot higher than people thought he was. Okay, so unsigned Cam Newton thirteen. So I, you know, not I bad though. Him. So I would switch. I, I would probably put you know I Cam Newton. I think is going to be dominant. So you know I I don't think my list is that bad. No, your list is great. Uh, I love that you snuck Kyler Murray in there at uh, five because I actually do think he's going to be very good this year. Um, yeah, I love no that way you he can't. There's no way he can't be. I love that you didn't automatically put Holmes 
at one. Like everybody's already ready to crown him. Um, you know, like and I think the AFC might be the toughest, you know, of the conferences this year. Yeah, I mean, we'll really see. We'll see what Lamar is all about this year. You know, we really will. Uh, also, I, I, I'm predicting, and Mike, I know you're going to hate this because you're an Eagles guy, but I'm predicting a very big fall off from the Chiefs this year. Like, absolutely. Like, Andy Reid coach team. Um, uh, I, I just don't see it. Uh, Kelsey is an absolutely fucking fool. And a coward <laughs> and terrible. Okay. And he wants to be. He wants to be everything that Gronk is. And he and and he and he sucked at. You know what's the best part is he wanted to be Gronk so bad. And then uh, little from the Giants uh, from the the Forty ers uh, San Francisco teams anyway. Uh, but decided like he was just going to be cool. And everybody loves Kittle better than. Uh, Kelsey. Kelsey, yeah, and they well, kind of sound I mean, alike. Like, so that makes him automatically the, now the third. But the production is is there though from Kelsey. Not that, that not really though. If you All right, well that it. brings us into the top five tight ends. Okay, so number five, Darren Waller from Oakland. Okay? Oh, number four, yeah. Mark Andrews, Baltimore. Like number that. three, we got Trav Kelsey. Okay, your boy, your boy. He's not my boy. But no, I, I know. Uh, you don't, you don't like him three. <laughs> Number two, we got Ertz in the back, bounce back year. Oh boy! Oh, right. I see where this list is going. And number one, we got Kittle. Number one, we got oh, Kittle. you're killing me, Mike. You're killing me. Oh, what do you mean? Me. You've killed me on so many things here. What do you mean? Who you really think Gronk is going to be the second best? Well, he's at least league? top five. Well, yeah, I mean, he might be. Andrews can get the fuck out of here with that. Who, Kelsey? No, Andrews. I'm saying to, to, to get out of your top five, I would nah, take dude, Andrews I think, out before I think, Dude, I don't know. The production was there last year. And Lamar, Lamar to Mark Andrews is going to be more of a target. Right, you right, know, Lamar, right. that's my thing. They, uh, that's a cold know, take, Mike, and that's why we're here. Yeah, that is why here. But yeah, no, I knew I do see you thinking Gronk. So I had Gronk at seven. I have Gronk at five. I um Kittle is the best. Uh, Kelsey's four, uh, and only because Gronk didn't play last year, so I can't put Kelsey above him. And Kelsey did win a Super Bowl. What about uh? What about your West Coast boy Hayden Hurst? I think Waller's better than uh, uh Kelsey. By the way. Hurst? Yeah, Waller. Waller, my. I think the Raiders could, could be like sneaky good this year. Well, I mean, if you're actually gonna go with a, you know, Carr. I, I mean, never. I don't know about Carr, but I, I mean, like Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller are very good. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, I I, I like I like Kelsey at just sne- uh, sneaking in at four. I like Gronk at five. Gonna go Waller at three, and then um, I I don't even have Ertz in my top five at all. Yeah, we'll um, see. We'll see. I mean, the Eagles are iffy right now. I mean, if you if you went with your boy, your boy, Mike. Which boy? I got tons of boys. On the Eagles, you know who should win that signing job? Is it for a tight end? Goddard. 
No, no, no. I'm talking about I'm talking about Bro, Jalen Hurts. They're gonna line yes. him up tight end. Yeah, your boy. No, I'm saying like if if Jalen Hurts is throwing, then Hurts. Uh, if Jalen Hurts is throwing to Hurts, sorry, Hurts to Hurts. Oh my God, what a combination! Right, what a tongue twister. Hurts to Hurts. Uh, I mean, come or on, man. make it make a T-shirt right now. Hurts I mean, to Hurts. <laughs> Bro, I honestly I can see the Eagles doing like. Uh, goal line package where they bring in Hertz at like the 15 yard line and like Wentz like flips it to him and then Hertz just slings it into the end zone. I could see that happening. Um, but, but I don't know. No, we'll we'll no, see. I, your tight end picks are great. So let's go wide receiver. Who you got uh, top five? Okay. Top five wide receivers. Number five, we got Mike Evans. You know, we got Tom Fair. Brady. So we got, Tom, you know, Mike Evans is a top wide out every Absolutely. season with, you know, an inconsistent Jameis throwing him the ball. So with Tom Brady throwing him the ball and the, the lineup they got around him, I think Mike Evans is going to do very well. Number four, Tyreek Hill. Number three, Julio mm. Jones. Number two, DeAndre Hopkins. And number one, Michael Thomas. Now, now, given the news of Kamara's holdout, this shakes up how I feel necessarily about Ooh. the Saints. Okay, because tell me about him, Mike. Because with Kamara holding out, that you know Kamara. And now we're gonna go into the RB list as well, because I got Kamara at number five. So you've been can, killing the transitions tonight, by the way. I hope the listeners are appreciative of this. So, like, Kamara, <laughs> dude, with him holding out, feel like it's bad news for the whole team, not okay. just not just Kamara or the organization. So, to me, I like I like maybe Julio being a top tier. You know, Matt Ryan still sings late. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be the best wide receiver in the league right now. But to me, I don't think it's far off from one of those five guys. I really don't. But so at RB, we got at number five. No, no, no. Before you get to RB, I got to comment on your wide receivers, my man. Oh, comment, comment. My bad. All right. Um, Michael Thomas is the best wide receiver in the league. and He's got to be, right? Like, I'm going yeah, over the list. Like, I can't has to not be. put him. I can't not put him there, you know? No, it has to be. Um, And then I got to go. Yeah, DeAndre is definitely two. So it's like one A one B for me, um, and again with Kamara is a b- very big issue about Michael Thomas's production, because you're going to see Kyler Murray now with a top wide receiver, and then also he has Larry Fitzgerald, right, as a blanket. Like so, even if you you're like you know Kyler, you're like I don't even know what to do. You should probably pass to Larry Fitzgerald. He's really good at catching balls. Um, he's only dropped less than he's tackled people. That's absurd. Um, that's that's one of my favorite sports stats, by the way. Okay, so before we get into the RB list, I have to ask you this other question because yes. if, so one of the RBs not in the top five, it recently got a payday as well. Uh, his name who he came in at the number 11 spot at the RB list, by the way, the, if the unofficial RB list, Joe yeah. Mixon. Okay. Joe Mixon just got paid. Now, now that by makes who? me think that he's going to break his ACL and, you know, miss, you know, the season. By who? 
the Bengals. They they oh. gave him an extension, Joe Mixon. Are you kidding me? Uh, no, you I mean he's been very productive for them. So That's I had awesome. I had Mixon at eleven. I think he's going to still produce, but you know, anytime a player you know gets that new deal, I'm always worried about that that ACL injury. That's fair. Um, yeah, but so I have to adjust then your uh, top five list real quick. Well, I haven't wide, said it. I've only no said for wide for five. wide receivers though. Real quick oh, okay. is because number five is going to be, and I'm gonna it's going to change teams, and you don't even know it yet. AJ Green is going to is going to get traded at the Patriots. Oh, going to get traded. I I was going to say I, I, the question I was going to ask you are is do you think the Bengals are going to be good? And I just thought you were going to say AJ Green is going to be dominant with Joey Burrow. But goddamn no, that is not what you're saying. No, because the Patriots have the room to sign him. They have they have the most cap room in the league right but now. But the Patriots supposedly expressed interest in uh, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, but he's going to get signed in Tampa Bay. And the the uh, Patriots already have like six running backs. Right. So they don't need Leonard Fournette. But if they did sign Leonard Fournette, then uh, Sony Michelle is getting cut, and so is Lamar Miller. And then you're going to end up with White, Burkhead, and then my boy Harris will probably be the first or second down back. Uh, didn't didn't they... you say that Lamar was going to be good for them? No, I said Lamar is trash. Uh, he was the uh... worst. He was the worst fantasy player I ever thought was good. Okay. He was my second running back who sucked for six weeks. Listen, and man. Then, oh, well, take him out. It doesn't even matter because Cam Newton's going to be your leading everything. Okay. Cam's going to run the ball for 1,000 yards, catch it for 1,000 yards, and then throw correct. it for 4,000 yards. Correct. Cam, Cam Newton is going to be – I love Cam Newton, man. I'm not a right. Patriots fan. I'm not. I'm not. But I love Cam Newton. And Dude, I, how do you and, not like him when he's fucking hanging out and dancing and to to, to warm ups in practice? Like, like, oh, I hate his outfits. Oh, fuck you, dude! Like, dude, I mean, I'm ready stupid. to go. I'm I'm ready to go for this football season. I'm hyped. I think. The people, but anyway, anyway, I think the anyway, people anyway. of America need it. You know, the fans are running the backs, world. Mike. Running what? backs. We gotta get back to it. Yes, running, running backs. backs. So yeah, the world needs football. And right. it's coming back next week. So, so Kamara's five, right? Kamara's five. Four is Saquon. Three is Henry. Two is Ezekiel Elliott. And number one is McCaffrey. Ooh, I have more problems with this list than anything you just said. Okay, um, well, what do you got? What do you got? Five to one. Who's uh, better than those guys? Five to one. Mm. Yeah, Henry's not on that list. That was a flash in the pan season. Okay, well, okay. For me. So, the only other guy I would consider maybe putting in the top five right now is probably Aaron Jones. Mm. Oh, man, dude. I mean, he's in my top five, but you're really forgetting about Dalvin Cook, dude. No, I got Dalvin Cook at eight. Eight? Yeah, I got Dalvin Cook at eight. I mean, I don't think uh, Henry is going to be even top five in rushing this year. Uh, I think Saquon is absolutely going to be, like, top one or two. Uh, I think the best in the league has got to be 
Also, Aaron Jones was like, he's going to make top five. He's not going to be that good. Uh, because what, about, you know, what do you think about Kenyon Drake from the Cards? Because I think the oh, Cardinals, he's terrible. But I think as a team that they're very good, that could in turn make him a viable player, you know? Again, it's all about how good the wide receivers are. You know, if Hopkins and Fitzgerald and Isabella, our boy from UMass, go off, then it makes it easier for Drake. But I, the problem with Arizona for me is their line is not, like, great. Okay. But so what about Nick Chubb? What do you think about Nick Chubb? I would I would put him in the top five. I, I really think Barkley is going to be, like, the best running back. Also, you have Elliott way too high. Um, Elliott's four or three. I mean, I, I guess I got to give the – Best running back? I, I I don't know, man. I gotta go Saquon probably one or two. I mean, he he like that's all the Giants have. I mean, David Jones stinks. <laughs> He's not I, good. I mean, Dalvin Cook. I can see being a top five running back. I can see Kamara not being a top five running back. I can see Henry not being a top five running back. I can see Zeke maybe being number five. Um. But to me, there's not too many guys that I look at at this page where I'm just like, man, I think that guy's going to run for almost 2,000 yards. And there's only maybe like a few guys I can see doing that. And that's McCaffrey. And that's, that's, why, he's no- and that's why he's number one on the running. No, back. no, I don't like that at all. Who do you think is better than McCaffrey? Oh, Saquon. 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 Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. McCaff- oh, Saquon. McCaffrey's like a solid number three. But like, you got to remember, dude. How many running backs in the league in history have gone back so you to got, back? So you, yeah, back to back. Best, best running back in the league, most yards, most touchdowns. How many running backs have done that? I can name you one. It's Saquon Barkley. No, it's Adrian Peterson. <laughs> yeah, well, Adrian Peterson, the guy. That's what I'm saying. But like that, that's what I'm saying is like they they have one good year, and that's how running backs die. That was their end. Chris Johnson was amazing for one year. Yeah, CJ2K, bro. Um, Right. So so you got, so you got number one, you got um, Saquon and Dalvin Cook, number two, and then McCaffrey. No, 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 not Dalvin Cook, number two. Um, Actually, you know, fuck it. Why not? Well, I feel like based on your how you spoke about the other guys, and Kamara's in a holdout right now. I feel like you have to put Dalvin Cook at number two. All right, fine, fuck it. I'll yeah, I'll die on this hill. Dalvin Cook number two. Yeah, you seem uh, like yeah, uh, basically then, what I learned from this podcast is you're a big Minnesota Vikings fan. Is what I what I learned. Yeah, Kirk Cousins doesn't believe John, in COVID, so it's I fun. mean, well, well, also to talk about Kirk Cousins, <laughs> boy, can that guy make a, a a statement, man? He, you, you know what? You remember how he had was like, you, you like that? Remember that? Yeah, you, know, you like that? Yeah. Oh, you uh, like that? Hell I feel yeah. like, I feel like That's a all great he's gift, been too. Doing, yeah, I feel like all he's been doing since then is thinking of another catchphrase, and. I guess it was the perfect time to come out with if I die, if I die, I'll die. You know, That's, like I mean, he's not wrong though. I mean, put it this way, bro. Like <laughs> the the uh, on 
the state of New Hampshire, like their state motto is, yes. is live free or die. So yes. if, if I'll die or die, that sounds like it should be on a freaking license plate somewhere if you ask me, man. And and Mike, geographically, they're both up north. I mean, they, shit. They're like, hey, it's cold as fuck here, dude. I can walk outside and get, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, frost no, burn tomorrow. As Why a not? football player, though, that's the mentality I want, man. Right. Uh, Who cares? I, it's not about that. It's not about COVID. It's about winning football games. Like, if yeah. I die, I die. Whatever. I'm I'm out there to win football games. Put on a show. And I can't wait. I can't wait till Kirk Cousins is like, you know, uh, ten and six, and they win the division. They lose in the first round of the playoffs or something. And well, my so Dalvin, hopefully and my and my Dalvin Cook shit goes like right out the window. Hopefully, the Philadelphia <laughs> they lose. I mean, I, I'm crossing oh. my fingers. Okay, oh so before the season starts, I will say that uh, with all, all the Philadelphia hate towards them, I do think that they will somehow find a way to be a good team. Uh, I believe that Jalen Rager will be the rookie of the year. And I said that from as soon as he got drafted. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, I firmly believe that. And that is that is my take on the Eagles. We will win the division somehow, some way, because we, that's what we do in Philadelphia. We find a way. And that's right. Mike, I got one Miles Sanders you, is a beast. Miles Sanders is a beast. I love Miles Sanders uh, because when everybody died on the Eagles last year, and and people forget this, like the Eagles had dick last year. Everybody was hurt, and they still killed it. They still yeah, Eagles were des- decimated team. What's what's the uh, what's the division win in the NFC East? NFC East is going to be a slop fest division this year. I think there's a lot of talent out there in the NFC East. I got the Philadelphia Eagles winning the division oh. at a nice nine and seven record. I oh, believe boy. it'll be an absolute slop fest in the division. Chase Young came to play and will put people in the dirt. I am scared of that man. Uh, I think Carson Wentz needs to protect his knee extra good this season. So here's my question, though, too. Because Arizona's coming in. Right? I have them as my as my wildcard team this year. Arizona? Yeah, I mean, I can yeah, see it. I think, I think Seattle wins the division and Arizona takes a wildcard. But they'll have the best record. So they got to play the four seed Eagles in the first round. What do you think, Mike? I mean, as long as Philadelphia is getting in, uh, you know, I like, their, I like their chances. I also think, you know, for an AFC team, uh, I'm interested to see how the Steelers operate this season. I'm, I'm curious to see how Ben Roethlisberger looks. And I'm curious to see what, what they do with James Conner. And uh, I think the Steelers can be pretty good. That defense is unreal. So, you know, got to watch out for them. Uh, as always, what do you think about the Niners? Their Super Bowl, you know, will there be a Super Bowl hangover for yes. them? Correct. You know, uh, just like the Chiefs. So both those teams are, are looking on a downtrend. I don't know what the schedule looks like, Mike, but I believe that it's going to be like Arizona versus San Fran at one point in like week 14, 15, whatever. Well, and yeah. That, well, yeah. I mean, they're in the division. That's going to end up uh, determining it. And I think Arizona is going to beat them. 
Okay, all right. Big year for Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins came to play, came to stick it to Bill O'Brien. We will find out next Thursday night when the Chiefs, they battle uh, the Texans, I believe, right? Oh, my God. By the way, how soft is the AFC South? Jesus Christ. Um, Like, like the, the Texans are going to win that division. I mean, the Jaguars have fire sold everybody. Well, the Colts are going to win the division. The Colts are terrible. Nah, nah. Colts going to win that division. You think they're going to beat the Texans? Yeah, bro. Jonathan Taylor, bro. Um, Jonathan they got pretty Taylor. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. You're killing me, kid. You're killing me, kid. Their defense is good. The Colts' <sighs> defense is good, bro. This is the year where you need defense, man, because – because what happens when somebody's star QB gets COVID? Or what happens when somebody's star QB breaks an ACL, bro? You need defense to win championships. And I'm lo- I'm looking at a good defensive unit like the Steelers, 49ers, <sighs> the Patriots, the Ravens, or the Colts to get it done. The Ravens have a shit defense. They got rid of Thomas. Because well, that was the list in June, okay? <laughs> that was the list in June, all right? Uh, honestly, man, there's three good defenses, the Steelers, the Niners, and the Patriots, and the That's rest, it. it's like, oh, you're, you're praying. Maybe the Vikings are very good as well. I don't know. The Broncos maybe is very well. Yeah, can very can well. we agree on this? The hardest and then and everybody wants to play for the Bucks. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but everybody right. wants to play for Brady. So I bet I bet you'll see Tampa Bay play some inspired football. No, Tampa Bay is going to win the NFC, and I'm telling you this right now, and not because I'm a Brady fan. Obviously, I'm a Brady fan, but not because of that. I'm just saying, Drew Brees lost his locker room. When he made those comments. Oh yeah. Hand yeah, hands down. Why you know part part that's gotta be part of the reason why Kamara doesn't want to play there. Done. All right, that's done. So you, again, I again going from a Bruins fan, wow, how did I tie that in so well? <laughs> I'm so fucking good at this podcast. Real beast. Uh, it's unreal. It's unreal. Like you're tying into a guy who doesn't want to play for your team. Like he was just like, no, fuck it. I'm like one of one of the top five objectively running backs, but I'm not gonna play for a guy who doesn't believe in us. Same. Uh yeah, same with Bruins in there. And uh, I really do think that uh the Saints aren't gonna be that good. I mean, they'll be competitive, but well, I mean I, they're gonna be the shit the defense is bigger. I mean, I think this is the year for the Falcons. Like, there's a lot of, you know. Oh, that, boy. The, God no, damn it. No, I'm not, I never said, I never said that they would win the division. I, you know, let me finish the sentence when the sentence would be, I think this is the year for the Falcons to try to show up the Saints. Okay. That was the sentence. Sure. I wasn't, sure. I wasn't trying to say that they were going to win the division. Or that they were like a championship worthy franchise. Ooh. I've just said that they have a rivalry with the Saints, and maybe this is the year that they best them. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, though, Mike, they don't have to actually play in New Orleans with fans, right? Well, yeah. So maybe the Falcons steal two games. 
Yeah, you never know. You where uh, this this football right. season no, is gonna no, be. No, no, no. I like that, Mike. You're cooking here. Well, yeah, this football season is gonna be something special to watch. I mean, we'll have better analysis uh, coming in after these uh, first few games shake out next week. Hopefully, we get a podcast in maybe before the first game, uh, but we will be here next week as well. John, for the last thing tonight before we get out of here, we got to do top three. It was Keanu Reeves's birthday. That's right. So we're going to get into top three Keanu Reeves movies that we have seen. Um, mm-hmm. All right, John, what do you want to do here? You want to go one for one or go all three at once? Because I can go first and give you the stage here. Um, I want to go top two and then your honorable mention. And then number one. But I want you to start. All right. So top two. All right. So number three is The Replacements. Okay. Uh, I think that is just a a top tier movie. Okay. Uh, Being a sports guy, uh, you throw that movie on, it's just funny. It's it's good times. It's sports. It's great. I love I love that. Okay. Um, and then number two, shout out to, uh, by the way, in that movie, before you even keep going, number one, way to tie it in the football. Number two, Gene Hackman and that, uh, uh, fedora hat that he was wearing. All awesome. Awesome. And then the jail scene where they do, uh, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I mean, that is just a great movie. You throw on when you're hungover in college or whatever. And the, kick, the kicker smokes a cig. Yeah. Tremendous, just tremendous, Mike. Tremendous, tremendous. Uh, number two, tough to do this. Okay, is this a tough number two spot? Okay, and I'm going to put it here over pure uh, nostalgia purposes, and I'm going to put the movie Street Kings. Okay, a lot of people are like, Mike, Mike, why is this movie not? in your honorable mention but it's because of the nostalgia street kings a sick movie um keanu plays a a police officer mm-hmm. and my favorite rapper of the game plays like the villain right. and so you know i have to put that in there it was a sick movie growing up uh i remember trying to watch that movie like online when it can't you know when it first came out like i just remember trying to watch that movie like as hard as i could and it, I, it was, that movie I would throw on as, as much as possible. It was a great, great time. Street Kings. Got to do it. All right, John, you're two, and then we'll go honorable mentions. All right, so I got to go number three. Um, and, again, Mike, we would be remiss if we did not mention Keanu Reeves. I got to go to The Matrix, number one. Because everybody said he was, like, a terrible actor during it. And, yes, he's not great in it. His lines are very, like, almost fed, and there's, like, too much time in between them. And that's where people thought he was terrible. But The Matrix launched Keanu. Right. I mean, listen, I know there were other films, but I got to say The Matrix, number three. Okay. Now, number two for my guy, Keanu. 
Fuck, because now, uh, now I'm dicking between number two and, and the honorable mention. So I got to go with um, Constantine. Wow. Yeah. Out of a lot pocket. of Keanu movies, bro. Out of, out of pocket. A lot because of every... Keanu films, bro. People, you, people think that Constantine was a bad film, and it might be, Mike, because you and I went to Catholic school and all that, so I understood the, the Catholic stuff that they were talking about, which is essentially what they were talking about the entire movie. But I really did like his character in that, and I thought it was fun. Um, it also had a spinoff series. Bro, I went Street Kings with my number two, so nobody right. saw that coming. Nobody saw Kai. Colas of takes. That's right. Mike, who's your honorable mention before we get to your number one? Okay, so I'm going to give you two honorable mentions so it turns into a top five. Uh, Love it. So honorable mention number one is John Wick. Okay, first John Wick. And then honorable mention number two is going to be The Matrix Reloaded. Okay, because now not just the whole series, not just the thing, just just the fact that the Matrix Reloaded was very action-packed and then they leave you on like absolute cliffhanger for the matrix revolutions and uh you know like no. you know back up your point of what you said about the matrix already that's why before you get to your number one I have, no before you get to your number one i have questions here yeah that's fine okay i got answers i love it that was a great response um you can't just say john wick i said Unless the first you one say, I oh, said so the first so it has to be the first one right for me, yeah. For me, it's the first. Okay, game. okay, very fair, very yeah, fair. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of people are like Parabellum, you know, whatever. I like the first one. To me, was awesome. And, awesome. Uh, I, I, it's the ten out of ten type film, you know. Right. Um. But Reloaded. That one, out of all the Matrix series. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just remember... That's some I, Godfather 2 over Godfather 1 type shit, dude. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, mate, the first Matrix is very good. I mean, it's all cool. I mean, I like watching them all. But I just remembered when growing up and stuff, I remember you and I, we were trying to watch the Matrix trilogy. And we had a tough time getting through the second one. We had to, like, replay it a couple times or something like that because on different days. And I just remember that. So that's why Matrix Reloaded. Is is that one? And I believe it's Matrix Reloaded, where they had that weird scene where the two identical dudes are like chasing them down the freeway and stuff. That uh, is Matrix Reloaded, yes. Yeah, so I don't know. It's got. I got to go with that for the nostalgia purposes as well. All right, that's fair. Fair. That's fair. That's very fair. Um. All right. So honorable mentions for Keanu. Um. I mean. Uh, you gotta go point break. Ooh, ooh, that's a good movie. That is I mean, a good movie. It, it's so ridiculous. Like it's so, and, and this is what the best thing about Keanu is: like he didn't, he didn't give it. Like everybody turned around on him now, and they love him, but like he didn't offer you anything else but like that in the beginning. Right. Like that was what he he was going to say. I'm this actor and you just decide if you like me or not. And he was a total bro and a Cali guy. Maybe it's a Cali thing because I've been out here. Mike, it's rubbing off on me. <laughs> I don't fucking know. It might happen, you know, 
But I think I like Point Break, and I think my next one is Speed. Speed. Yeah, there you go. I got to go Speed as an honorable mention because it's so absurd. <laughs> the entire the entire crux of the movie is so absurd. Like, oh, we have a bus that go, it has to go 65 miles an such, hour. It goes such down. a classic. It, it's so ridiculous. Like, it's so dumb. Um, but I actually got to go, Mike. Uh, my number one before you get to yours. John Wick 3. The Parabellum? Loved it. Yeah. yeah it was and good. you know why? It, it and, and there's two reasons. Number one, I thought it was the most action-packed, and I thought it had the best characters. Like, Halle Berry showed up for some reason. Why? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Nobody, you know like, she was like, oh, can I grab a paycheck on the best action series ever? Uh, starring the guy who also did The Matrix. Yeah, no, like, we're going to do Keanu shit uh, in this movie. It's awesome. And uh, so I got to go three. I'm not saying it's his best movie. I'm saying it's the one I like the most. And, yeah, dude, I just think, like, you you, you got to go Keanu in that. Like, he, he was just awesome. And everybody was already like, yeah, that's my dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, John, John Wick the whole series is just electric. Oh, before you start, Mike. Yeah. John Wick is better than Matrix. As I mean, three, three films. It could action, be. I, action movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. John Wick, John Wick. The Matrix is, is its own thing, man. The Matrix was very complicated film. I don't know, man. I, I honestly think... Yeah, that's a cold take, John. It really is. Cold like, take. Like, okay, so Keanu realizes he's in a computer or somebody kills his dog. I'm, I'm going with the kill the dog thing. I, I feel like I'd be more pissed about it. I'm just saying. I'm throwing it out there. It's a cold take. No, you're right. You're right, dude. You're right. Uh, my number one, it's probably, uh, now that I'm thinking about all these movies, it's probably not the actual number one, but like you'd say Bill and Ted, something like that, but like that Ooh. was like a TV series. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're going to go with another nostalgic one and the number one spot, be remiss without mentioning it. It's hardball. We're going to the ship. Okay? Oh, you motherfucker! Such a great film, and then it oh, has a God and then, damn it, and then it has a little Wayne banger on the main song called Hardball, and so you know it just kills two birds with one stone right there. We you know we, we finish off the topic and then we hit little Wayne because he's the goat. Um, no, but you you know what you don't know, even with Hardball though. We again we'd be remiss though because that introduced our generation to. I love it when you call me Big Papa. Throw your hands in the air. You know what I mean? Like, well, maybe, yeah, two thousand one. That movie came out. Yeah, right. That, you know, you know. That's the other thing, man. I'm glad you bring that up. Um, Notorious B.I.G. and stuff. There's so many kids now that grow are growing up who don't know who Biggie and Tupac are, and you know that is sad to me. And yeah, uh, you know, I feel like every teenage kid 
needs to have that, like... Damn it, I was so mad you beat me on this, Mike. Yeah, yeah dude, every <laughs> kid, bro. They need to have, like, those solid, like, four to six months of just, like, you're playing Biggie all the time. And, yes. uh, you know, every kid needs that. And now kids just don't do that. And they don't know who Notorious B.I.G. is, and it's sad. And I don't like that. I don't like and that also, one bad because his music this... was so fun. Right, and it was so great, and, and like you can literally just have it in your headphones and throw absolute gas at pitchers, or you know, at batters as a pitcher, unbelievable. Yeah, and also the most heartbreaking. Oh, seen yeah. in film history. And, and, and yeah, yeah, no, you can't, you know, G baby, you know, RIP G baby. Man, um, spoiled the movie for all the kids who never saw Jesus it. Jesus Christ, I cannot believe that I didn't even give it. I can't believe <laughs> Constantine over Hardball. I'm so mad about this. Are you? <laughs> I mean, Constantine is, uh, was a sleeper pick, though. That was like, that That made me like, oh. Yeah, oh. but number, number two over Hardball, though. Hardball is, <laughs> uh, and especially because I'm a gambler, too. So, like, I, like, he. Yeah, I figured, I figured Hardball uh, would be in your list somewhere, uh, Damn it! I'm you, so you, mad about it. You want to know? You want to know what happened? Was I was going through my list and I, I went through all the movies and I was just like, "Oh yeah, man, Hardball. That's the best one of them all, right there. Like that's that. Unreal, that's that shit. dude. Unreal. Great film. Uh, I mean, it, and I hope that the people who have not seen Hardball, please Definitely watch check it. it out. Um. It, it is fantastic, it, you know, it, it, from start to finish. It's going to tug on your heartstrings, Mike. Yeah, it, it tugs it, on your heartstrings just like, you know, we be tugging on those cold take strings, you know. That's right. And, uh, Mike, we got to get out of here. Yeah, dude, we're going to get out of here tonight, man. But, John, dude, thank you so much for, uh, you know, coming on tonight and, you know, this amazing conversation. You know, we really – we really covered it all, and uh, I think uh, I think we really had a good one tonight. God damn it, Hardball's gonna bother me. Um, but <laughs> well, bro, you know, no, don't let it bother you, man. Just go watch it. But you know, you well, no, that's exactly what I'm gonna do after this. And I want you all who are listening right now to go ahead and subscribe to the Colts and Picks. That's right, bro. On go all platforms, like go to YouTube. Watch the video. Mike does uh, an amazing job. And yeah, I don't I'm say it enough. I know he's showing. He's got a, a floating eagle's helmet head there. Like okay. a nine and seven. Nine and seven. Uh, Win the division, baby. Nine and seven. Slap fest. And, and that's right. And I love it. I sloppy. love it to death. It's yeah, going to be sloppy. I mean, we the coldest takes, man. We, you know, we get it done. We're for the people, by the people. That's you know, right. Uh, we are smart, educated, you know, you know, grown men. You know, we're doing our thing. And we are trying to give a fun podcast for ourselves, for the people that who enjoy it. And so I'm very thankful for everybody who's listening and tuning in. Go ahead, like, Good. and subscribe. Hit the bell. Do, make it do what it do. Follow us everywhere. Uh, follow Colts Takes on social media on instagram you know make sure you follow the podcast youtube at Colts takes uh you know follow me on twitter at st underscore cats uh, a lot of things coming still in the future we want to keep keep producing keep making more content 
and that's what we're going to try to do. John, tell the people where you're at, and we're going to send it on home for tonight. John J. Pat on Twitter, Johnny Wick on Instagram. Obviously, you you have to follow it on all platforms to like us. Mike, send us out, buddy. All right. And that will be the Colts it takes for tonight. Look for us next week or next time. But as always, Colts it takes available everywhere. Talk to you guys soon. Love you. Love you guys. Thank you.